God is God. I, I had no other perspective or box to put him in or um, visual to, to tie to him. The closest as I've gotten along uh, throughout life is tying God to the things I see done. I didn't attribute God to church. I attributed him to my family. Right? And so the things that happened where I had struggles and, and problems with, with church never impacted my relationship or feeling towards God. I felt like that was always a, an entirely separate relationship for me in a lot of ways. All right, guys, welcome to episode 57 of the Walking Culture Podcast. This is part two of my conversation with Curtis Thornburg. Man, I just, I love this guy's story. I love his heart. His love for people, for life, just just shows through. Um, and it's, it's contagious. And uh, if you haven't listened to part one, you need to really go and listen to part one because... Part two, we're going to pick up in the middle of our conversation where uh, Curtis is in London and he's dealing with some internal conflict and uh, and in some ways he's at the end of his rope and uh, then God steps in, he shows up and uh, gives him some affirmation of some things and man, it's, uh, I love this story and uh, I hope it's something that you enjoy as well. So. Uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy part two my conversation with Curtis Thornburg. That's good. Let's make it even better. Um, I know the story. Would you be willing to share it? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, so that night and everything? Yeah. 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 So uh, at the time, you know, we've been doing Let's Start Talking, and we have a set budget. And and I was poor at the time, so I had no extra money on my own hardly to bring over. <laughs> I just had whatever we had budgeted. Uh, and another side story to that, I actually had not raised my committed money for the team. Uh, I'd fallen short on that, um, which is another thing. Years later, I actually came back and um, uh, donated everything to Let's Start Talking to make up for that and, and more. Um but so I was there on borrowed money yeah, essentially because yeah, yeah. uh, you're supposed to raise your your funds and all of this to, to go. So um, so by the time we hit London, though, we, we had um, uh, very little cash left for, you know, we had a, a couple meals still within our budget and stuff like that. But I, I had no money to go on. To and I'm in London. I mean, this, yeah. hey, this is cool. You're right. Yeah, I've got yeah. a, I got a few days left here, and, and I've got no money to do anything with. So I had like 20 pounds to my name, and uh, and I, I go out that night again. I've been struggling. I'm in the hotel room, and I'm crying. I'm mad. I, everything, every emotion you could imagine. It feels like, and it's all directed at God <laughs> like yeah, straight yeah, out yeah. And, and telling him pretty much I'm done with this. So I, yeah. I leave that night though. And, and I go walk in to just clear my head and I'm in this back alley, I, 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 like nowhere seems like. And, and this old lady comes up with a, a suitcase and a cane and uh, and she's needing help. She apparently just got back from her story, just got back from Switzerland. Huh, that's odd, but mm. I did too. So just mm-hmm. got back from Switzerland, and uh, she needs money to get a cab home. Uh, otherwise, she's got her suitcase and all this. She can barely, I mean, she looked like she was upper 90s and walking the back streets of London with a heavy suitcase and, and cane. So I'm like, I can't help you. I don't know, you know, and she's like, oh, please, please. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll go find a cab for you, right? So I, again, it's like a back alley. So we go out, I go out to the main street trying to flag somebody down, finally flag down this guy, get him to trust me to follow me back into this back alley, you know, <laughs> like for all he knows, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to have somebody jump in, but, but we get back there and the old lady's still there. Um, and, uh, and so I'm like, okay, well, tell them where you need to go and everything. And, and then I find out she has no money. No. <laughs> so, so she's like, yeah, I need, uh, I, I need fare. Uh, so I asked the, the cabbie, you know, Hey, how much is it going to be? Do you think to, to get her there? And it was going to be, I think like eight pounds or something. Right. 
And I said, okay, well, I gave him 10 pounds. You know, I only had like 20 to my name. Gave him 10 pounds and said, okay, well, here's the hotel I'm staying at. If you, if for whatever reason it costs more, you can try to contact me here. Uh, but apparently, I, I think she had money. She just didn't have it on her. You know, she wasn't broke or whatever. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but like, okay. So now I, I only have 10 pounds left and I'm still in the back alley, upset, all of this stuff. And I'm, I go and I eventually I'm crossing another intersection and this guy comes running at me. I mean, to the point that I really thought he was just going to plow me down. And he's asking me, Hey, uh, I need help. I need help. And I'm like, what do you need? Like my son was in a car accident and I need to get to the hospital. <laughs> How many people in London are like this place is, you know, yeah. what's going on yeah. with this place? Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I need help. And, and. I'm thinking, right, whatever, you know, there, there's no way that this guy, this is a crazy story, needs money. And um, so I'm telling him, no, I, I've got some, some change and I had whatever it was, a, a couple coins that it's like, here you go. And he's like, oh, that won't be enough to get me there. And like, and, and yeah, I can't help you, man. And then in the back of my head, I'm thinking, what if in the morning I see this, you know, newspaper that says, you know, yeah. uh-huh. see this guy uh-huh. and his kid was killed in this car wreck and it, for whatever reason it's published in the news, <laughs> like I, you know, like I, and, and it reminded me of like my very nature, who I am, um, who God has blessed me, the gifts he's given me. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't deny that. So I gave the guy my last 10 pounds and said, well, this get you there. He's like, yeah, great, great. And he runs off into the darkness. <laughs> so, so I'm walking around penniless now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great God. This is good. Right. At the same time though, there, there was a part of me that knew like, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and there was a peace that came from that. Mm-hmm. And in that I, I felt like, yeah, this is, this is right. No matter what it costs, no matter what it feels like to me, this is who I am. And if I deny that, I will be miserable the rest of my life. Like, there's no way around it. The Mm -hmm. only thing that's going to make me feel at peace and fulfilled is to act in this way. And then the next day, God, I'm walking along and I I don't remember the exact amounts, but I'm walking and find, you know, like a 50 pound note. Oh, and it was up in the, in the end, it was three times. It was 60 pounds. I ended up with that. Oh, the other was, uh, uh, let's start talking, had extra money in the budget okay. and overflow. Yeah, yes. So they came yeah. to me with, with extra money right. too for meals. And then I'd found like this 50 pound note on the ground. So, so the very next day I end up with three times the amount I had had, um, to be able to, to spend the next couple of days, you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, I attribute just seeing God's, um, mercy in that is love that, uh, he could have been like so many of the stories that we view in the Bible where, mm-hmm. where he's wrathful or, yeah. or all of this. And a lot of those, I don't, <laughs> we've talked about the same perspective on anymore either, mm-hmm. but he didn't, he, he said, let me show you because he knew. Yeah. It, yeah. That's who I needed to be. Um, and then on top of that, I had already come at, to peace with everything that night of, okay, I get it. This is who I am. This is who I need to be. And, and so that, that was done. But the next day I ended up blessed with the the cash and, and ability to go and do these things. So, um, yeah, it was a huge moment in my <laughs> life. <laughs> oh man. I love it. I love hearing that story. That's, phenomenal um okay so here's what i'm seeing i'm seeing i'm seeing a guy who grew up in this environment that was quite a bit different than i think what many people grow up in no matter Mm -hmm. where they're from you have this and in fact it's encouraged this perspective this openness to explore to navigate which is by the way quite a stark contrast to um, one of the previous uh, interviewed Zach and his his experiences growing up, but you were encouraged to ask questions, to incur to to explore, might I say, because of your environment, because of of uh, your experiences. Um, you know, you even felt the freedom to express yourself in such a way because you did see the church, and I use that in quotations, 
you saw as a family, as a community, as, wait a minute, we're all a part of this thing. Uh, I think it's safe to say that you did not see it how most kids probably see it growing up today, where it is a consumeristic market. It is something to, to go and something that's meant to entertain you, something that you can, you know, go to Burger King or McDonald's. <laughs> Which one do you want, right? You don't really have to engage. Uh, if it's not worth your money, you know, uh, you can move on. Um, this is a family. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because your perspective is of that is so much like mine, which makes it so difficult to be in ministry. <laughs> it makes it extremely difficult to be in ministry because you see it as a family, whereas lots of people don't. And if they do, they definitely don't treat it like one. Mm-hmm. And you oftentimes feel like you're the black sheep. You're not a part of it, right? <laughs> and then there's the whole hiring and firing concept there. It's like, how can I be part of a family if I could be fired, right? right. <laughs> like, I can lose all of right? I can lose all of this. <laughs> Uh, you know, so anyways, that makes it very difficult. You're so, still part of the family. You're just not welcome here anymore. Exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and even if you would be like, okay, I, I won't preach anymore, but I still want to come here. Like, right. well, no, you can't because it's going to make it awkward for the next right. person that comes in. It's like, wait a minute, I thought we were family, you know, like, yeah, right. from a distance, right? <laughs> so uh, anyways, uh, so, but that's the perspective that you have, that you had and that you still have that was continued to cultivate. Um, but so much of who you are um, is so tied into it, it is the case, regardless if we acknowledge it or not. So much of who we are and what we do and how we perceive things is directly tied to how we see God, right? Uh, but because of the way you see God, the way you saw God um, as as being as, as love, as always being there, having your back, there to support you, He's for you. He's not against you, right? Like He's right. your champion, right? Um, that really seems to have sustained you through times where, you know, really some of your experiences where, you know, you're like, what in the world? What is going on? What what should I do? Um, I, you know, I'm done with this, uh, loving people, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, you weren't running from God. And a lot of people, I think, I, I'm speaking out of turn here. I'm speaking for everyone. <laughs> Myself, I think what I would have done, which is what I did do, was um, I ran from God mm-hmm. in these situations that would typically cause a person to just turn their back on the whole thing. Instead, um, you know, you didn't you didn't forget, deny, or lose your love for God. Well, I should add too before you go ahead. Um, because I, I think it's an important point to understand in that mindset, and my perspective. When I came back from Switzerland, I actually, uh, what some people might say is went off the deep end. Um, <laughs> I experienced there, uh, you know, uh, just turned 21 and, and uh, drinking and other things. And oddly enough for me, it was, it, and this is what I think we're afraid of is the, the church at times um, or, or leadership or parents even. It was the peace and stability that I felt with God that allowed me to be comfortable doing things that <laughs> I probably shouldn't have been, right? Like, sure. um, because I, yeah. again, it, 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 that's the problem with that mindset and that, mm-hmm. that God view is that it, it allows a freedom that we're scared yeah. of, right? Because it, sure. it does work both ways. Either, either He really is there and has your back, um, no matter what. Or he only has your back when you're doing what's right, what's good, what pleases mm-hmm. him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that view. I had the view of, no, God, we're in the... And now I had fully committed to say, God, I'm, I'm with you. Right, right. So now I'm okay going and doing right, all this right. stuff. And like I never questioned during that time again, like you were saying there, I, I never questioned whether God was with me during mm-hmm. that, doing things that I know... Uh, uh, would have embarrassed and upset my mom, you know, and all this and things that have, should have probably embarrassed and upset me more at times, you know. So I, I, that was actually probably or was I think the from how we would look at it, one of the most sinful points in my life in some ways of not going to church at all, mm-hmm. <laughs> going out drinking on Saturday nights, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but oddly enough, it. I always felt like I was still with God, like, you know, <laughs> sure, um, yeah. and, and I knew what I was doing wasn't uh, healthy or good for people around me at times or myself. 
but even there, like say, I just never, it, it never occurred to me to, um, to question. I had made the commitment and I, in, with my view, he had made the commitment before I did. I truly believed he had already committed to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was my job to make the commitment to <laughs> right, him. Now right. that I did, hey, we're good, man. We're, we're good, <laughs> right? So, right? So we're, uh, yeah. And and so part of that was, um, you know, I, and, and I, I say that because people should be, I, I think there's times you should expect that. If you are adapting and seeing and growing in a way towards this view of, of God and having this freedom that it says we have in Christ, uh, there's a great opportunity that that people will push those boundaries in, mm-hmm. in ways that you think or we would judge as, oh, they've abandoned God. I never abandoned God. I never had. Right, but right. many, many other people, I'm sure, would have thought, oh, yeah, he's he's abandoned God in this, mm-hmm. you know, sure. or, or, man, what happened to Curtis, right? right. Um, if my parents had known half the things, I imagine my dad did know half, but he, again, um, he was good at just letting me be sometimes because he knew that, I think he believed I would always come out of things okay. But, um, yeah, you know, so I... I I would say it's challenging and it's part of our system that we, we have a really hard time taking that, that view because it does lead to that. It it leads to, um, feeling this freedom and sometimes pushing those boundaries. And until you come back to a healthier place, I think, and and saying, okay, kind of look at, you know, eat, drink and be merry. Yeah, Yeah, I did that. Okay. Well, it was good for a time, but wasn't that fulfilling in the end now now where do where do we go from here right, right. I mean, uh it's almost like the newlywed period honeymoon period you know it's right. like hey we we got married now we're having a blast together and then okay how do we do life you right know, about yeah. a year so, into yeah. it we, right. we really need to figure this out but, sure uh so i i kind of looked at that that way like this is my honeymoon period with god looking back at the time sure. i mm-hmm. had no knowledge of what i was doing in that. <laughs> right. but looking back it's like yeah i was like okay we sealed the deal we're good now and uh i'll have a good time for a while here relax and, uh, mm, yeah. and then we'll come back to figure out where it goes from there yeah. so uh you know I, I think that that's one thing it's easy to assume that people have left the church mm-hmm. left god um when they're when they're experiencing a change in that view and and, right. and understanding right. and where they're at with god right. so yeah it would be like as if you know uh, well, you see, but you see that in scripture. You see uh, the realities of the struggles that people had. You know, we just assume that, like, say, for instance, the day of Pentecost, you know, Acts 2, uh, that all those people gave up, you know, certain things that they didn't need anymore. Uh, well, no, they still struggle with a lot of stuff. And you see that struggle throughout the rest of the Gospels, but I mean, the rest of the New Testament, uh, but not one time do you see that. As a result of their failure to immediately, you know, switch everything off or change everything or give up on everything, that Jesus left them, that God left them, right? In fact, no, it's the opposite. Um, but they're encouraged over and over again to, you know, put on Christ, right. um, to robe yourself with Christ. Uh, there's a reason why. You know, things are repeated over and over and over again, <laughs> right? Usually it's because, well, there's a problem or there, 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 people are struggling. And there's a transition that people have to go through, and you have to understand that. You know, because somebody decides that they're going to follow Jesus, become a disciple of Jesus, right? It Do they know everything that they possibly would ever need to know to do that completely and perfectly right off the bat? Well, no. Just and 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 it's as you grow and the more you learn, the more you know that you don't know, right? <laughs> right. And the more you realize, so that's a natural part of a process of us growing and transforming. And I don't, I think you're right. We have a knee jerk reaction when it comes to that. We think, oh, somebody gave their their, their life to Jesus, but they're doing A, B, and C. <laughs> and it's like, no, you need to understand. They have a perspective and a place where they're on their journey and how they understand things. Um, and not everybody thinks like you. Not everybody's <laughs> going to be like you, and I'm sure there are things in your life that you haven't given up yet that you maybe need to be aware that you need to. <laughs> right. And maybe it's not necessarily a right or wrong thing. It's just what do you need to do? What's the best thing for you, right? Um, but we have, a, we have a tendency, I think, in some circles at least, to be very judgmental when we mm-hmm. don't see what we think we should see. 
right, yeah. out of people, with at the same time not realizing that <laughs> we might be those people in some other people's eyes. You right. know? So, anyways, um, I think that's important to note. You know, but you do make a change. You do continue on your journey um, to a degree. You, you, um, but th- there's some pretty uh, significant things I think in your life, though, that reflect um, this view of God. Um, the conversations we've had about marriage, you know, mm-hmm. um, people don't people people, people <laughs> don't understand. How could you get married so soon? Like, how does that work? Why do you have seven kids? Like, don't you know what that what causes? Well, yeah, if I have seven, don't you right. think I know? I know uh, better than most. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, I know that's got to get annoying. Um, but, um, you know, talk about that. Talk about how, because, you know, as I see it, we're not talking about just some abstract concept that you can affirm mm-hmm. here about God. Um, we're not talking about just, you know, having the right answers here. This is a genuine, no, this is how I see God. And because I see God this way, um, this is how that impacts me. This is how this is, as a result, I necess- necessarily see myself this way and I see life this way. And um, let's talk a little bit just how, you know, from it's college years, you know, getting beyond that to present day, how your view of God, your perspective of God, how you see God, how that's had a, an, an actual impact in your life and decisions that you have made that people can look at and say, why'd you do this? <laughs> right? And, and, you you by necessity you're like well because this is this is how I see God and this is how I believe this is what I believe so talk a little bit about some of that stuff you'd like to share yeah yeah I think um, well anytime you see fruit from something right um, it helps affirm that it, and and we have that from scripture we have that from other things right look at the fruit they bear if this bears good fruit then. It must be good, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of, it's those things in life that, that I've done to say, well, if this is my view of God, then this is how I have to live. And when I live that way, good things happen. Right? Yeah. Um, so that creates this whole circle of coming back and saying, hey, I must be on the right track, right? I also have good um, uh, sounding boards and people around me that I, like yourself that I try mm-hmm. to use to make sure that I'm not you know, going sure, too right, far yeah. away from something. Yeah, it's got the hair too. Um, <laughs> so, so I look at that, you know, and say, hey. Um, so one of the things, you know, of course, I've talked about leaving my doors unlocked. A um, couple of my best friends in life, one who ended up being my roommate, his life ends up mir- mirroring mine very much. He, uh, we got married about the same time. We we both trusted God with kids. He just had his eighth kid. I've got seven. Uh, but that relationship really bloomed out of he would he lived at his parents' house at the time. He come to take a nap at my house just so they, you know, um, and, and another good friend who, again, I came home and he was asleep on my couch. That was the first time I met the guy and, uh, we've been, been good friends now for almost 20 years. So seeing what came out of that in, in personal relationships, uh, I saw fruit there, but the, like say the challenge then is seeing that view of God. Yeah. How do I, put that into practice Mm -hmm. and, and and not just have a bunch of words. And Mm -hmm. because it is something I can't describe or define by the very nature of it, there's not a book or list or rules that you can say, here's what you need to Mm do. And it is a very personal relationship. And again, we're afraid of that. Sometimes it's not individualistic, but it's personal. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and although I do believe there's some right and wrong that's right for me and wrong for you and Mm -hmm. wrong for me and right for you. Right. So, but, uh, so in that I I did challenge myself and and ask God and that's what it comes down to. Right. Um, it wasn't study of the Bible, although I did that and there were things that came out of that. It was genuinely going to God, um, and saying, what do I do? How do I live? Um, I, I liken it now to St. Francis, uh, of Assisi who says, God, who are you? Who am I? 
And I didn't word it that way, but I think that was a lot of what I was doing. God, who are you and how do I fit into that? Mm -hmm. So one of the things, like say we mentioned the kids, um, my friend who's who's Catholic, uh, I'd gone to his wedding and this was my first exposure. Again, I'd been in the church mm-hmm. <laughs> in quotes and quotes and, and for my whole life. I had never heard the concept of uh, trusting God with kids, no birth control, any like mm-hmm. that was never anywhere in our theology or discussions or whatever, right? right? Yeah. And so, and, and even though he and I were friends, I mean, as high school guys, you don't talk about yeah, that. Yeah, right? so not, yeah, yeah. So he, he's getting married, and I, I'm the best man at his wedding, and and I'm there visiting him, and we're talking, and. And this whole concept comes out, and we start talking out. And he and I have always talked to theology, God, and it's been a great um, sharpening tool for each of us. So I'm exposed to this idea, and, and it makes a lot of sense what he's talking about. Um, so he gives me a tape. I, I can't remember who the uh, speaker was, uh, but was on all of this uh, natural family planning and, and all of that. Now, in the end, when I started looking at and praying about it. I, I felt like, no offense, but the Catholic way was kind of a cop-out in that it was still this natural family <laughs> planning. Like, wait, but you're still not really just yeah, trusting, right? Yeah, you're, yeah. you're still trying to... But um, so I came to the conclusion uh, after a lot of sweat and uh, heartache over it that I really felt that I needed to just trust God with uh, with children if I ever got married. So I assumed I'd never get married at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or I get married to a nice Catholic girl. So right. um, it, it turns out, though, in all of that, uh, it, you know, I'd, I'd come to that. And I finally one of my main sounding boards at the time and, and confidants was my roommate, who was the guy who took naps at my apartment before. And one night we're sitting there and I said, hey, Daniel, I, I need to talk to you about something. He's like, oh, I've been wanting to talk to you, too. It's like, OK. And he said, I. uh man, I've been studying this and I really feel like uh, I should not use any birth control, trust God with kids. I'm like, dude, that's wow. exactly what I want to talk to you <laughs> about. Like, and these things happen. Like, and, yeah. you know, you can't deny that yeah. there, there's there's other sure. things going on. And so, and I can tell you in that one, I needed somebody um, to support me. And it had to be somebody. I mean, this guy's a conservative Church of Christ born and bred guy for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, so I needed somebody with that same background yeah. that could also come to that conclusion and we could support each other in that. Um, then the Lord blessed us both with amazing wives. Um, and so, you know, just in that though, that, that view of saying, I'm, I'm not limited to the rules that we have in general uh, around how to live a Christian life. Uh, I'm also, and more limited in some ways and more restricted to say, I actually have to do what I feel God tells sure. me to do. Otherwise, yes. I'm denying that mm-hmm. that core belief and view of, yes. of who God is. So I can't, I never feel like I can hide behind um, a verse in scripture or uh, for me, I can't just spout out something and say, well, this is how it is. If, if it conflicts with that view of God. So yeah. it, it drives my, my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's times where I try to do that because it's convenient. <laughs> it's sure. a lot easier to say, <laughs> oh, yeah, that can't be right. So I'm not going to do that, you know. And, and, and all of that to say, again, I, I do believe it's a very personal relationship. And that's part of that view of, of me and God to say some other kid, you know, um, even though in the God view, we have the same father, I, I still look at it, that family view. They're, they're going to be different in what they're, how they love and respect their family, their parents, whatever that might look like. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things that I would never preach on or, or say, this is something everybody should do, or even say that you're not faithful if you don't or, right. um, and that's the difference, though. I mm-hmm. I can't judge. <laughs> it it mm-hmm. frees me to not judge most other people's actions. It frees me to believe that they're actually doing the best they can. It's hard. <laughs> and that's yeah. part of the community part where it's yeah. hard to feel plugged in somewhere. Yeah. Um, because people aren't going to agree with what I, mm-hmm. me and God have worked out. Sure. Certain thing. Right. Yeah. Um, or they feel judged. Right. I have seven right. kids. I believe to trust right. God. Right. Well, now they feel like I'm judging them. Yeah, like, because no, I didn't do no, that. I no, I don't. Yeah. You know, this mm-hmm. is what 
God told me. And mm-hmm. um, just like Paul had a mission, Peter had a job to do. Mm-hmm. We, we all have things that God has uh, set aside or, or given us purpose for that nobody else should take that on if it's not what they should be doing. Right, exactly. Um, don't jump in the fiery furnace because you think, <laughs> oh yeah, we can all jump in the fiery <laughs> furnace. Like most people are going to burn up, right? right. <laughs> so, um, but but that's that's how I, it, it's driven me on my life to make these choices and be able yeah. uh, more than anything to to try to view other people as I've got to assume that you're doing you know the non-christian the 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 people who have no view of God or or denounce God it's a different approach to say I think um, I think you're missing out. <laughs> right. right and, exactly. and so they're still doing whatever they feel is best for their life. Though. Sure. Um, but I think they're missing out on opportunity to have a more full life. But the, the believer, the, the one who claims to, to follow Jesus Christ, uh, no matter what denomination, religion or whatever, it, um, I have to attribute that they honestly believe they're doing what's best. Um, and that's the only way I see for us to get past so many of these mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. barriers and challenges and really love people and, yeah. and change the world. Yeah. So that's what I've tried to do. Um, you know, I, like I say, I've got so many different stories and I feel uh, blessed in that way from having a yeah. strong family, yeah. from having these experiences. But I also truly believe a lot of those experiences are because I've chosen to... yes live this way. Right. And, and so you see that. And, and it's the only thing is, as you and I have talked about experience always trumps knowledge. Yes. It, it will always trump knowledge, even when you don't know it, because it's some experience captured in the back of your mind that you can't even tap into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with, without those experiences, you can never really, I feel like grasp that relationship and, and that God view. Yeah. Um, and when you start to open up to it, though, you have more and more of those experiences right. that, yes. that validate. Yes. Um, yeah, this is who God is. And right. I know you, you can't convince me otherwise. Right. I know this is right. I know this is who God is. And at the same time, like say, though, that may not be the exact same walk for you. Yeah. Um, but I know this is, is where I'm at. And, you know, I work then because of that to question it myself to not fall under the judgment as a whole, but like say to question them myself and have others around me that I trust and know love me. Um, because I think that is important to it as well. It it is easy to, to maybe get pulled off in something that that's, that isn't from God. Um, ultimately you'll see that that wasn't good fruit. I'd prefer to see it before dire consequences. Right. So, so it is critical then still even more than ever to have that community in some form or fashion. Um, and at the same time to give my children and and that's how I live, right? Letting my kids, uh, question things. Um, I, with a core of knowing I have their back and I love them. So no matter, you know, what goes wrong, where they end up, whatever happens, my safety net is just, you absolutely know you can come back to me. (laughs) And, and, you know, I, I can't block all the hurt and pain and problems and whatever might happen. All I can do is say, when it happens, whatever happens, my safety net for you and my security and my protection is you can always come and tell me and I will always be there to help you through that. Um, so I, I, I think that, uh, you know, as a, as a church, as a congregation, as a, as a people of God, it's hard to adopt that view um, for legitimate good reasons, right? We, sure. we look at it and it's sure. absolutely bad things will happen mm-hmm. <laughs> that might not have if we right. had tried to uh, protect ourselves better or protect the flock better in different ways. But you don't get to experience the same joy. Yeah. You, you yeah. Know, so. so what's your view of God today? Mm-hmm. And what are the challenges that you see uh, in light of today, the landscape of the church in general? Yeah, so we've talked about it some. You know, I, I've really tried to uh, pare down into a very simple view and statement. Uh, of what that is 
And in my conclusion, what I had to come to is, um, I believe that there is a greater entity or being that exists. Um, and again, this is part of my own view of how I trying to use words in, in a way that makes more sense to me in my view. So lack of using term God even, but some supreme authority exists and almost anybody has a hard time denying that, right? <laughs> Atheist right. or whatever, yeah. Yeah. you still have something, whether you believe it's nature, whether you believe it's right. whatever, there is a supreme authority um, that exists and it loves me. That's it for me. That's what I boil. And it, you know, if I expand it out a little bit, right, it, it loves us all. It, it loves. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so probably the, the most simple, right? There is a supreme being that, that powerful being that exists and it loves that. Mm-hmm. So that's my view right now, uh, today of, of God. And then, so because of that, you know, it stems that I have to believe that we're all a part of that family. Christian, as our terms, Christian, Mm non-Christian, sinner, saint, godly, ungodly, Muslim, Jew, Christian. When did we ever get separated as children of God? Right? He he either created a, the supreme being authority. If we believe that he created everything, then we're all still part of his creation. Right? There is no separation. There's no division. There's no um, legitimate way for me to look at any single human being as different than any other in a God view. So. The challenge then, though, becomes we are a people that of duality. We, we like white and black. We like yeah. yes and no. Yeah. But even in grays, we still like definition, right? We like to yeah. categorize. Yes. We like to, and, and, and it's just part of what we do, right? Good or bad or whatever, right? I like to know that's red because, and some of it's just natural. We need a way to communicate that a common language, right? I, I'm always kind of curious with the, the story of Babel, right? You go back, what it really meant to have a single tongue and, and language and things mm. amongst each other um, and that mindset of what could be achieved and how much more though was it um, that they did have a common understanding, not just, you know, a, a, but everybody in the world thought that was red, Everybody in the world thought this and understood common, you know, now we're so diverse because of our connotations of a word, our interpretations of the word, all of that. So all that stems from this split, right? So we like to categorize things. We like to put these things in their boxes and blocks. And um, I can't do that. I, I, uh, I can do it and, and we should do it, I think, in a way that, yes, for commonality and, and discussing things, and we have to have some way to do that. But when it comes to the core, who is Adam? All I can see you as is you're a child of God. Any other label or definition that categorizes you and your relationship with God hinders my ability to love you. Hmm. So that's the right. If God loves, I have to love without stipulation, without barriers, without anything. Right. That Mm -hmm. that's my God view. So Mm -hmm. I have to do that. The challenge, like say, in today's world is um, and and it's always been I I think it's not just today that the core challenge um, is we inherently see differences more than we see commonalities. Sure. We have to focus on what brings us together. Yeah. I feel like a president or politician, but it, it's like, <laughs> look, guys, it, it is. Sure. It, we have to look at what yeah. makes us a community and a people and um, what similarities we have. Every yep. time we look at the differences, it's going to be a problem, mm-hmm. right? But but it's our natural tendency in many ways, but also it's a cultural thing, right? When you go um, to other cultures, which is why I love going there. Uh, you don't see some of the same hangups and barriers. You don't, um, 
uh, I can go to to many countries and show up in a village and be accepted. Like I'm a white guy that they've never seen. Right. And, yeah. Right. But they'll yeah. feed me. They'll give me a place to sleep. They'll like it. it it's just that's what you do. Mm-hmm. It, it's part of the community in that right. sense. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, the tribe fifty feet away may be their mortal enemies <laughs> that they're going to go and kill. Right. right. So as long yeah, as I'm sure. not one of them, I'm fine. Right. Um, but but you look at those things. So how do we get past defining ourselves by our differences, right? Uh, we believe in instruments, we don't. We believe in in baptism by immersion, we don't. All of these things. Uh, we we look at those things as wise because, well, it's the rules we need to follow or whatever, but it's still a focus on our differences. Mm-hmm. Um, if you focus on the commonalities, it, and this is shown in all kinds of different research and studies, like with children, if you look at a children's negative, right, what they don't excel in, and all you do is try to improve them, they're far less likely to ever succeed versus when you look at what they have strength in and just focus on that, right? And it's that similar concept of saying, quit, the differences will get worked out. <laughs> yeah. If we focus on what brings us together. And I, and I really truly believe that. It's not just idle words for me. It's saying, but how do you get people to do that in a society where we are all about defining, uh, you know, economic status yep. or dynamic? I mean, mm-hmm. even who's the fact in, that when out? you look at, you know, we all come from a, when you look at Protestants in particular, right? We all come from a core starting point. Then we all come from a core starting point between Catholic and Eastern Orthodox. And mm-hmm. then we all come, like, so we all had an, and, and so that traces back, right? To what yeah. I was saying, there's yeah. God. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so how is there so much division uh, uh, amongst those people? And at the end of the day, part of that, how you overcome that challenge is understand those differences, just like in my own life saying your walk with God is going to be different than mine. That's okay. Right. (laughs) Right. And and we're afraid to give our approval, our love to somebody. We're afraid to give our love because we believe it shows our approval of their actions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have to get past that. We have to be willing to say, I understand. I love you either way. And we understand that doesn't mean that your choices are the best right now mm-hmm. or what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't give our approval in that. It just shows our love. And, and so, and that's, that's exactly, I think what Christ did. That's what we see God throughout scripture doing. That's what I've rung true in my own life consistently is, um, when you hold to that and you, especially when you love people when they don't expect it, you love people when they expect they're going to be judged. You include people when they fully understand they should be excluded, right? that they yes. are not a good yes. Yes. fit yes. and they, yeah. they are not healthy to be around. Um, all of a sudden you, you see change and you see fruit and you see um, bridges being built. And so it, it's not where, that we have to get rid of denominations or differences. We, we just have to be willing to understand we're all trying to do the best we can. Uh, one of the, the counselors I've seen on marriage, he calls it right, a goodwill relationship and good faith. Understanding you're acting in good faith and you generally are trying to do yeah, yeah. Uh, as a spouse what's what's best. Mm-hmm. Um, so being willing to, to do that, accept the differences, um, that's really, really hard. Uh, yeah. it, and one of the biggest challenges is people like myself – finding a community that actually encourages me to do that instead of hindering me from doing that. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, so I think part of it is, is, you know, bonding together, finding places, uh, maybe, uh, you know, outside of our typical church communities. Uh, and, and you see this in the world right now. Right? Uh, it, it, it's sad for me to see, the official name church, oftentimes I feel like um, we're seen as the ones who are throwing rocks and hating, right? And it's the LGBTQ community, the, um, the whatever it might be, the, the atheist of America that are, 
you see them on TV giving soup to people, right? And loving people mm-hmm. and caring for people. Like, um, but you see the communities, and I, I believe there's a lot of hope right now, uh, more than I've seen in my lifetime, of, of building those bridges. And, mm-hmm. and people are coming together where y- you see people that are of all different types of faith or people who don't seem to be of faith at all coming together to love people. And I believe the reality so how you overcome that more than anything, unfortunately, is trial, tribulation, yeah. persecution. Yeah. Um, the, we see the, the constant cycle, right? Uh, people become too satisfied, too well off, and it takes a war. It, it takes enslavement. It, it takes... And this is why people say, why does God let bad things happen? Because they have to. By the very nature, bad things have to happen for us Mm. to appreciate the good, for for us to grow. So, you know, it it is the challenges. Things like hurricanes, when we see, and this is what gives me the most hope. Anybody, except the most hardened heart. Uh, We'll give the most extreme example, right? You see a child in pain and hurting you reach out to help like it, so yeah i i know it's there in us mm-hmm, right I, mm-hmm. and i know even within the church no matter how hard a congregation's heart seems to be at times um to following rules and judgment there's a point where and i liken it to the guy who's who's getting bullied and beat up at some point all the buddies of the bully look down and go, dude, that's enough, man. Yeah, that, that's, yes, that, you, you need to yes, stop, man. It's yes, <laughs> like, right. um, because we, we naturally eventually hit that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is embedded within us and encoded in us. And we understand that, um, that we are common and, and drawn together. And, you know, so we see that, but how do we drive that in our day-to-day lives, right? Without the stress, without the persecution, how do you get people to see each other that way as, no, they're just hurting. They're just in need. They're just, um, that's the question for me right now. How do you help people to see each other that way with that same compassion, that same sympathy, the same empathy of knowing I've been there, I've been through that, um, and get to that point, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, we have to start talking about what brings us together. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, not what's causing the, the separation mm. or, or problems. Yeah. Um, we're so, we're so tribal. We're so who's in and who's out. Yeah. We're so, you know, we have our boxes. We, um, that we build and some of this um not all of it there are certain aspects of the stuff that might be necessary in the beginning you know as a child you need rules you Mm -hmm. need certain things whereas an adult you don't have to necessarily have those things in place right um but it said i didn't come up with this i wish it would have because maybe i'd i'd be rich (laughs) um but any good system, if it's good, it's going to propel you beyond itself, right? Um, and so I, I agree, we have to go beyond just who's in and who's out. We have to be okay with not everybody being in the same place that we are on a journey. We have to realize that there are a lot of factors involved as to why people are where they are and believe what they believe and see what they yeah. see, no different from yourself. <laughs> we have to understand and be okay with the fact that you can't force someone to be in a different place on their journey. Right. Um, you have to be okay with people being different. Um, and I think one of the primary ways you do that is by responding differently, right? Um, asking the question, what does it look like for me to love in this situation? And when you do that to some people, and maybe even to yourself, you're going to look like a hypocrite at times. It's going to get messy. Um, it's not going to be fun sometimes. Sometimes it's going to be very challenging. But literally just doing it um, is not just about the impact that it's going to have on the outside party. It's going. It has a massive impact on you. Right. It does change you and affect yeah, you. Yeah, and right? I think that's the key, right? You, you hit it there is is the doing it, right? How do you get 
people to have these experiences because that's what they need. They need to be doing it to mm. have the experience so that then they know, because at the heart of it, what I see is, is the core problem and all the stuff you're saying, right. Is, um, it's been the debate for, for generations and, and throughout time in many ways, right. Or who's saved, who isn't. Yeah. Uh, once saved, always saved, mm-hmm. all, you know, one, one faith is basically struggling with were you ever saved? Cause if you were, then you're good. <laughs> the other struggling with how do you say, stay saved yeah. because you can fall out of it, yeah, all these things. Sure. So at the core, really what I see is it, these are all things, right? And and I've taken this verse and and very differently now than I used to. Uh, the perfect love drives out all fear. Yeah, and, and it's that sense of saying, yeah, it's it's that fear of rejection. It's mm-hmm. that fear of not being saved. It's that fear of where do I stand with God? If you've accepted His perfect love, you know, you know. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. telling you, nobody's judging. It's not because you got dunked. It's not because. Uh, uh, not saying any of those things are wrong or whatever, right. but yeah. you know yeah. that you, and it's like I said, in my own life, the reason I have stability in it, I know, I know God and I are good. Yeah. Like, right. and, and that's where we have to get people, right? They, because the, the core problem is within themselves. The mm-hmm. reason that they can't see anyone else this way mm-hmm. is because if they judge you, then they have to judge themselves. Yeah. And similar to what yeah. we were talking about earlier that, and, and so at some point, if I'm judging um, by any set of criteria, I have to have a set of criteria favorable to me <laughs> so that right. I'm in, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, because anything else that puts me out, mm-hmm. well, then I have to come back into that. And the other side, if I've worked my tail off to be in the end group, then I need you to work your tail off to yeah. be in the end group, yeah. right? So you got to follow the same rules. So at the heart of it, it's a matter, I think, the, the core, we're afraid. Um, and you, like say, you see this throughout time. Through, We're afraid and wrestling with our own salvation. Mm-hmm. And we can't get past that basic level. I, you know, this idea of still being infants. I, I think we are. Richard Rohr talks about some yes. of this, this you yes. know, and, and all of these things. But um, we're still stuck on the infancy in our own relationships. And, and mm-hmm. to me, that to call it what it is, that's what I see it as, yeah, is, yeah. is most of us still don't really know where we stand. We're not mm-hmm. confident in, yeah. in that stance. So because of that, we have to put these walls and judgments and differences and fences up to make ourselves feel good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. in the end group, right. right? I was dunked in water, fully immersed mm-hmm. and baptized. Mm-hmm. I've confessed that Jesus Christ is my Savior. I've done this. I, I work hard not to sin. I All of these things that... Um, Whatever it might be, right? Um, I, you know, uh, from any denomination, the the rules and traditions started out many of them in a good place mm-hmm. to to help remind us of what we yeah. already knew. Yeah. Now they don't remind us of what we know. They try to convince us. Yeah. That, so yeah, we have to find <laughs> a, a way. It's a good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> we have to look at it and say, man, you need to know. And if you don't know, yeah. You can't help anybody else get to where they know. How do you expect to go and, mm. and help anybody else? And and that's what we, it is a blind leading the blind many times because, um, yeah, you, you're not in a place that you feel confident in who yeah, you are and right, you're God's. Right. So you have no hope of, of really consistently helping others get there. You can because, they, they, again, we still all can play a part for sure. Mm-hmm. But then we're always going to have those divisions too because mm-hmm. we need them. I need to be able to judge myself mm-hmm. as saved and good. And if I need to do that, then there's naturally ways for me to tell you you're yeah. no good. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, it's good stuff. Oh. It's good stuff. When, uh, when my brother and I were kids, we I guess this is probably... Let's see. I was going, I was still elementary. So I was fifth or sixth grade. And so he was like seventh, eighth grade and uh, eighth grade, I guess, probably. We were in my room in the house. We each had our own rooms, just me and my brother. Um, my dad had a large family, which also plays into my large family. He had nine brothers and sisters, and, and that was a huge part of things. But we were in my room, and uh, my brother had to have tubes in his ears. You know, he had water would build up and this and that. So his ears were really sensitive. 
and I had accidentally, he'll claim that I did it on purpose, <laughs> I'd accidentally hit him in the ear. Just mm. whatever we were doing, playing around fighting. And, and so then he's, ah, oh, my ear, my ear, you know, and he's, <laughs> he's mad. So he takes the soccer ball that happens to be sitting by my bed and, and chunks it at me. And I managed to turn to the side, and it goes right past me through the big, huge window. (laughs) 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 And shatters this window and just keeps rolling. It was like out of some movie, like slow motion. (laughs) You just see the soccer ball roll all the way across the street and stop at the curb. And then I turn and look at him, and he looks at me. uh, And the story, I think we ended up telling my dad, you know, it it was, uh, we don't know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um and, and my dad just let it go i mean we both thought we were going to be grounded you know worst trouble we'd ever been in probably and absolutely nothing ever happened from it um and and he and i've discussed i don't remember ever discussing it with dad i'm probably still too afraid now to bring it up but <laughs> <laughs> but we came to the conclusion uh that because Chris and I, my brother, stuck together and were there for each other. My dad respected that more than anything else, right? That, and, and I tell my kids that, like, what I want is for you to be brothers and sisters. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, you need to be by and have each other's backs. Um, but that mindset there, too, of of how my dad treated that situation, uh, again, maybe he uh, who knows but how we came out of it was with this view of you know saying um and i think that's part of this whole thing right we need to be there for each other and i think god respects that and loves that us loving each other uh more than us loving him i think my dad would take my brother and i loving each other and having a great relationship uh and no relationship with him over us each loving him and having a great relationship and not speaking to one another. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I, so that's my view too with God and, and how these things, if we can see it that way, that it's far more important to him that we love each other. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and that we're there for each other. Then we follow any rules. He, and that is how we love him. Right? So that's mm-hmm. absolutely the way we show love to God is by loving each other. Mm-hmm. It's not by, um, you know, one of the things I think we've talked about that would, I'll, I'll sum it up with this, right? Is when it says that if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Yeah. Right. Um, well, his real command is love one another. Right. right? Yeah. Um, so, so my take is we, we show our love for, um, for, for each other mm-hmm. overall by obeying God's command, mm-hmm. right? Um, which ultimately we show our love for God by loving each other. Mm-hmm. So, so when people will know you're my disciples, right? That you have love one for another, all of this. So, so I look at it as a vertical relationship, horizontal, the vertical relationship of actually showing God that we love him, um, you know, is obeying his command, which is actually loving each other. But then when we love each other and we love others, that shows to them our, our love for God and our relationship yeah. there. Yeah. So it, it, it's that sense of forget any rules and commands that, that you want to take because God specifically, if you believe the Bible mm-hmm. consistently says, guys, all of those boil down to this yeah. and it's, yeah. there's no way around that. So um, every time that we're not showing love uh, and we want to package that in however way we want to twist it to say, well, it's loving to, you know, kill them. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait, yeah, you know, yeah. but, uh, but anyway, it, so it boils down to that. that yeah. If you really want to love God, forget about all the other commandments and and rules that you think you need to follow or or to to be in his good graces or to show him love and love people yeah no matter who they are where they are um love them and he'll take care of the rest yeah yeah sure right yeah 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 Yeah. man it's good stuff really good stuff um 
Curtis, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, appreciate you having me. I enjoyed it. We'll have to do it again. Definitely. Lots of other things to talk about. Lots of other things to talk about. <laughs> Wait till the book comes out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, how good was that? Ah, just love it. I love it. I hope you benefited from this. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Walking Closer podcast. And please join me next time as we continue to explore becoming like Jesus from the inside out.